Hello everyone and welcome in this week to Yelling from the Couch. I'm Brent Humphreys. And this week I'd like to start off, as I'll start off every week, with the best thing that I saw from the past week and the worst thing I saw from the past week. The best thing I saw from this past week would be the Cincinnati Reds going out to Los Angeles, Anaheim after the floods flooded the whole stadium uh so they had to cancel the monday game and move it to wednesday as a doubleheader. but the reds sweep the angels in that three game series uh looked really good playing out there in anaheim uh, that was probably my best thing that i saw of the week uh the reds took that was after losing two out of three to the blue jays and then coming back and doing that looked pretty good for him. Then, of course, uh, the then losing to Arizona the past two games to start the uh, crucial series in the wild card standings. But, like I said, the best thing is the sweep that they had out there in Anaheim. Now, the worst thing that I saw from the week, I will stay... Cincinnati heavy here on this one Reds but this actually has to do more with uh, the opposing player that the Reds faced and that is Shohei Otani uh, being shut down for the season as a pitcher due to uh, UCL tear so he will not be pitching for the rest of the season that's the worst thing that I saw for the week was Shohei going down uh I guess he's still going to play as a hitter, but this is probably going to, he's probably going to lose a little bit of money because now, you know, is somebody going to pay $600 million for somebody, you know, just a hitter? I mean, is he going to be a hitter going forward? Is he still going to try to pitch? I don't know, but you, you feel for the guy. Uh, he's still going to be making a boatload of money in this off season. He's not going to be hurting by any means necessary, but, he, uh, you know, it's just tough to see, you know, he may need Tommy John surgery, and if that happens, he's going to be out, you know, some of the next season. I mean, he's, still, he's not going to be able to hit after taking that surgery. And would, you know, a team be willing to pay that kind of money for Shohei? Somebody will still be willing to pay for him because he's a, one of the greatest players in the game right now. You know, he's still got 44 home runs. And, you know, is ERA like three-something? You know, so he's still, I mean, he's worth an investment, but he's going to lose a little bit because of the, is he injury-prone? Because he was injured when he first, you know, came up. So that would be the worst thing that I saw for the week. Uh, if we want to continue going, worst thing uh, or best thing, uh, last week, Reds were uh, playing the Blue Jays the first of three games, and CES walked it off with a big monstrous home run in the bottom of the ninth for the Reds to win one nothing. Uh, they come back, and they lose the next two to the Blue Jays. Like I said, they swept the Angels, and then they've lost the first two against the Diamondbacks. Uh, Will Benson last night hit a grand slam in the ninth inning to make it closer than what it really was. It was 10-8 uh, to eight was the final, and it was 10-4 uh, to four going into that. Top of the ninth, Hunter Green has not looked good. 
his first two starts back, he started and give up eight runs, nine runs, eight earned on Sunday. And then he come back last night and pitched uh, three and two-thirds and give up five earned runs. So maybe he's working himself back in, but he has not looked good so far in his first two outings back. The Reds are now a game and a half out of the wild card behind the Arizona Diamondbacks. Before this series started, they were a half a game ahead of the Arizona Diamondbacks. A bright spot in last night's game was Nick Martini, just up and playing. Uh, hit a home run in the second inning. And then in the sixth inning, he hit a three-run home run that scored McLean and uh, Ellie De La Cruz. So a uh, good start for Martini there. And also, he scored another run in the ninth inning. He was, he was on base for uh, Will Benson's grand slam. So a uh, good little... Uh, start there for Nick Martini in Friday night's ball game. Uh, the Reds also this week on Monday called up one of their top prospects, Novelli Marte. He's been playing some third base and he is the one of the another rookie that they've called up. Another superstar is what they're they're hoping it is and we'll see how he is uh going forward. Uh, he's been playing third base here lately, and Ellie's been at short. And since Votto, Votto has hit the uh, has hit the IL, so they've got CES playing first base. Uh, Marte so far, he has batted two fourteen. Uh, that's in a way, but sorry, he's bad. 222, no home runs, one RBI, 633 OPS. Uh, he's started uh, every game, I think, so far. Uh, he started Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And that's so far, I mean, he's young, rookie, trying to get acclimated to the big leagues. Uh, I, I expect big things out of him soon enough. So we'll just see how that goes for him. Uh, some uh, Another bad news here. Um, Shohei Otane, uh, we just mentioned he tore his UCL, and he may have to have Tommy John surgery. Uh, Hunter Green came back Sunday but didn't look as sharp as he usually does. The other Reds pitcher that they have right now, Nick Lodolo, had a setback. Uh, I don't expect to see him back the rest of this season. That's another pitcher that is he injury prone. Uh, he's great when he's out there, but how you know how long can he stay healthy? Will he be able to stay healthy long enough to put a season in? He hasn't been able to show that ability yet, which is disappointing. But uh, it kind of it is what it is at this point. You just hope that he can come out there, get healthy, and try to help this team out in any way possible, but it don't look like it's going to be this year. So the reason why you didn't trade for a starting pitcher is because he was coming back and Hunter Green was coming back, and if he's not coming back, then, you know, wh why would you not make a deal? I mean, you're you're banking on a player who's, you know, kind of injury-prone to come back and help this team out in September, and he's not going to be there now, and then you're going to have to roll with who you've got you know, uh, 
I probably would have made a trade. I don't know who I would have traded, but I would have probably made a trade somewhere to get that starter that you need. But that is all the baseball I have right now. One more thing on baseball before I go. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Man, that team just keeps winning. And I don't I'm, I don't think they're great or anything, but they just keep beating teams. Every time I look at the standings or scores for the night, it's like Milwaukee won, Reds lose. Well, the Reds won, maybe they'll catch back up. Milwaukee won. It's like, come on now. And the Cubs, they seem to keep winning too. They did lose to the Pirates 2-1, to one, which – you know, helps the Reds out a little bit. They're they're fighting for that wild card spot. I think the Reds are probably done trying to, you know, vie for the division. I think the Brewers have enough of a lead, and, and they're, you know, kind of comfortable up there. It would take a, a big collapse in the last month to, uh, for the Brewers to not win this division, and I think that they will, and I think that the Reds will be vying for a wild card spot. Which is totally fine as long as you get into the playoffs. That is that's the main key. Hopefully they can get into the playoffs, and if they do, it's going to be via wild card, which is totally fine. Just get in, and then you never know what'll happen if you can get in. So we'll see. But that is that's all I've got to say on the baseball for the week. So now we will switch over to a little NFL. Last Friday night, the Cincinnati Bengals played the Atlanta Falcons in their second preseason game of the year. Uh, Young Way Koo kicked a 36-yard field goal, made it 3 nothing Atlanta in the second quarter. Evan McPherson comes back at the end of the second quarter, hits a 50-yarder to tie it at 3. In the third, McPherson, 31-yard field goal, 6-3 Cincinnati. Carlos Washington Jr., a one-yard run, Young Way Koo with a kick, 10-6 Atlanta in the third quarter. Going into the fourth with 50 seconds to go, Chase Brown, three-yard run, Evan McPherson kick, Cincinnati scores their first offensive touchdown of the season on a drive led by Jake Browning. But with two seconds to go in the fourth quarter, Young Way Koo 45-yard field goal to tie the game, and it ends in a 13-13 tie for the Bengals and the Falcons. The Bengals, once again, did not play very many starters. Uh, Trevor Simeon went 7-14, 62 yards, no TDs, no picks. Jake Browning, 16-22, 140 yards, no TD, one pick. Sacked one time for a five-yard loss. These two are battling for the backup position. I don't think either one of them is uh, worthy of making the team, in my opinion. But those are the guys they're rolling with, and if I had to pick one, I would probably pick Jake Browning as the backup. But once again, I would not feel comfortable if anything happened to Joe Burrow. I would not feel comfortable with Jake Browning coming in and leading this team. Jake Browning did lead the Bengals in rushing. 50 yards on four carries, uh, long of 19. Chase Brown had nine carries, 18 yards, one touchdown. Chris Evans, seven yards, or seven carries for 15 yards. Bengals total, 83 yards. None of the starters played uh, for receiving either. Uh, Charlie Jones, he was a pick in the 
draft, he had 36 yards. Trenton Irwin had a lot of playing time last year. He had one catch for 14 yards. Uh, Chris Evans had 20 yards receiving. Um, Drew Sample tight end, 13 yards. But other than that, like, these other guys don't have a lot of playing time. And uh, the Bengals had uh, Jalen Davis had a sack. Raymond Johnson had a half sack. Jeff Gunter had a half sack. Kendra Jones had a sack. Owen Carney had a sack for the Bengals. Uh, they did not have any. Uh, yeah, they had one interception. Joseph Osai, one interception, 17-yard return. Uh, Evan McPherson was 2 of 2 on field goals for a long of 50. He's been perfect in the preseason so far. Brad Robbins and Drew Chrisman are fighting for the punter position for the Bengals. Next up for the Bengals, they will play the Washington Commanders in the preseason final. At 6.05 Saturday, Washington three-point favorite. Sam Howell uh, will probably start. He's been named the starter for the Commanders. He will probably start in this preseason game, and it Burrow's not playing, and I don't know if the Bengals have any plans to start any of their starters, which I would hope they would, but I know that they're probably not going to. I wish they would get a little bit of reps because it was a slow start last year. They lost to Pittsburgh in the first week of the season when they should have beat Pittsburgh. They were the better team, but if you don't start your starters in the preseason and get them used to each other with that line and everything, it's not going to work out real well for you, and you're going to lose the teams you shouldn't. I think that the Bengals are better than the Browns, but if they don't get anybody, you know, if they don't get them a little bit of, you know, a practice round or anything, and they just go in just, you know, cold turkey by themselves there, uh, then it's going to be hard for them to win, you know, against the Browns who have been playing some of their starters. We'll see, though. That's then. Uh, we'll see. Maybe some of the other players will get some playing time tonight. We'll see. It uh, it all depends, I guess. Uh, staying with the NFL and seeing another bad thing I saw this week was uh, Tennessee Titans cornerback Caleb Farley's father died in a house explosion. Um, there was an explosion at the home of Caleb Farley that destroyed the NFL player's North Carolina home and left another person injured. Robert Farley was found dead in the debris of the Lake Norman, North Carolina house Tuesday morning. First responders arrived at the house a few minutes after midnight Tuesday and found Christian Rogers 25 exiting the collapsed structure. Rogers, a friend family, was transported to Artrium Health Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte with a concussion. He is awake and alert, but he's not been discharged for the hospital. Uh, just an awful story to hear. Uh, Farley was the uh, 22nd overall pick in the 2021 draft, was placed on injured reserve in November with a back issue. He played 12 games his first two seasons and is on the physically unable to perform list as the Titans wrap up training camp this week. Just a horrible story. Uh, this, you know, player lost his father in this tragic event. The uh, house burnt down due to an explosion at the house. Just some crazy stuff, and, and you feel bad for him, and hopefully that, you know, he could get through this difficult time that he's going through. 
just a just awful uh losing your dad in in that manner uh yeah it's just i don't know what else to say but you know prayers out to them and everything uh staying with the nfl again and switching to something a little bit lighter a lot lighter because uh you know anytime you lose your a parent or something like that that's heavy heavy thing uh jonathan taylor uh the jonathan taylor saga Dolphins, that would be a juggernaut on offense right there. Wow. Um, he's 24 years old. And, I mean, he would be joining just Tyreek Hill, Tua Tungabailoa, Jalen Waddle. You got Jalen Ramsey on the other end. I mean, he's not playing until December, but, man, team with that talent right there. And he's in his last year, 24 years old, averaging 5.1 yards per attempt, 756 career carries, 2020 first-round selection. Uh, yeah, I mean, what are the Colts thinking? I mean, he's 24. He's young. I mean, there's there's some 24-year-olds that are still playing college football. And this guy's still got it. I mean, it's not like he's fell off or anything like that. He is still one of the top players. So, if if I'm the Colts, I'm trying everything I can to extend this guy. Not trade him. I know he wants to be traded, but he wants to be traded because he's not getting paid. They haven't come to a deal. If he was 28, it'd be a different story. If he was 26, it'd be a different story. This guy's 24 years old. But Miami is the big leader so far that is I guess trying that team would be would jump up to be one of the favorites in the AFC and they're already one of the favorites in the AFC but they would definitely be the favorite in the east um the Chicago Bears are also a rumored team to get him. Uh, don't think that'd be a great fit for him personally there. The, the Cardinals are also another team. I don't see that one. The Dolphins would be the one where, okay, now that one makes sense. Then there's the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you put him on that Eagles team, and that's also another. I mean, the Eagles are automatically NFC favorites. They may already be automatically NFC favorites, but they would definitely be NFC favorites if they did that. Uh, Carolina Panthers is also another team that is rumored to be interested in Jonathan Taylor. And if I'm going to go play for a winner, send me to Philly or send me to Miami, and I will definitely jump on that one right now because yeah why would you not um a shocking move made last night
Trey Lance, quarterback, shipped off to the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, the Dallas Cowboys for a fourth-round pick, a 2024 fourth-round pick. Uh, he is going to – he's obviously not starting because of Dak, but he's got a chance to be a backup and potential Dak replacement if everything works out well. San Francisco obviously give up on him after giving up a whole lot. We took a shot and it didn't work out. We own that. We take accountability for that. 49ers GM John Lynch said on the NFL Network broadcast during the 49ers preseason game Friday night, even though the trade had still not been official yet, it's official now. I'm excited for Trey. Dallas stepped up and really wanted him. They came after him, and I think it's going to be a great landing spot for him, Lynch said. Wow. That's uh, That's crazy. Giving up on him after just two seasons with the emergence of Brock Purdy. The seventh round pick, Mr. Irrelevant from last year. He just stepped in and just played that position well. They, they kind of give up on Trey Lance. I mean, he's been he was been injury prone. He hadn't proved anything. They 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 traded a lot to get him at number three. They obviously thought something of him. At one point in time, but they gave up way too much, which they could have used on, you know, other picks that would have helped them out. They uh, And Sam Darnold come in, and Sam Darnold took the backup spot. So Lance was going to be the third stringer. It's been a tough road for him because the times he has got an opportunity, he ended up getting hurt and missing that window. 49ers Kyle Shanahan told KNBR, We'll always try to do right for Ray, for Trey. If there's a better situation that his heart's in, we're going to make sure not to hurt him in that way. Lance leaves San Francisco with just 797 passing yards, five touchdowns, and three interceptions in only eight career football games. So that was a shocking trade, but a trade that was probably worked out best for both sides. Worked out best for Trey Lance and for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, it's probably, you know, I don't know how well it's going to work out for the Cowboys, but they didn't give up a whole lot to take a flyer on a guy who was a first-round draft pick just, you know, two years ago. We'll see how it all works out. Uh, I know my uh, co-host on here, for a couple episodes, uh, Gene's got picks. He's a big Cowboys fan, so I'd be interested to get his take on how he feels about this Trey Lance trade and situation. I mean, you're really not losing anything. A fourth round pick. I mean, that's you're not giving up nothing for this guy to see. You know, to take a flyer on him. I mean, what if he does develop and he, you know, he gets a few years to be a backup and sit and not have to worry about the pressure being the top three pick. I mean, he could end up being a bust, and it's very well possible, but he could end up being something. We'll just have to wait and see. But I'll, I'll be curious to get Gene's takes on this uh, the next time he's on the pod to see, you know, what he thinks about it. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So this week, we're going to switch over now to some NCAA college football, and it is finally here, folks. Week zero is here for college football. I'm going to go through, and I'm going to make some picks 
for week zero. And then I'm going to go ahead and do a little bit of picks for week one for the Thursday-Friday night games. Maybe just the Thursday night games. Uh, I try to record on Friday mornings, so we'll look at the Friday games and Saturday games next week. But let's go ahead and let's jump right into it. Kicking it off for week zero, the biggest game of the weekend is Navy and Notre Dame. They'll be playing in Ireland, Dublin, Ireland, for the season opening. Both teams are looking for a fast start. Marcus Freeman last year, the Notre Dame got off to a very slow start for him. Lost some games they should have won, and it was not the best start to a coaching career. But this year seems like it's going to be a little bit different. Marcus Freeman has his quarterback, Sam Hartman, uh, transfer from Wake Forest. Notre Dame's ranked 13. They'll face midshipmen and their triple off option offense in the season opener. It's Saturday in Dublin. Uh, Freeman will begin his second full year as a head coach for Notre Dame. Last year, they opened up with a loss to Ohio State and then lost to Marshall in the next game. And Stanford beat uh, Notre Dame last year as well. Uh, Sam Hartman, three-year starter at Wake Forest, holds the ACC record for career touchdown passes with 110. So we will see how this game goes. Navy went to... Four and eight last season, fired their head coach. Uh, the last time Navy, uh, Notre Dame played Navy was 2019. Notre Dame won 35-32 last year. I think they played them last year. Anyways, so my pick, I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Uh, it's a 20-and-a-half point spread. I think that Notre Dame wins this game by 17 uh, Navy will hold the ball for a little bit. They'll run the ball, run that option. Notre Dame, I believe, will win the game, but it won't be – they won't cover the spread, in my pick, opinion. Uh, UTEP facing Jacksonville State. Another week zero matchup. I don't know anything about these teams. I know Jacksonville State used to be an FCS school. It's at home. I will pick Jacksonville State, and I think they'll win that. And, of course, they'll cover because they're one-and-a-half-point dogs, but I think that Jacksonville State will win this game with Rich Rodriguez as their head coach. Uh, the next game is be UMass and New Mexico State. I don't know anything about either one of these teams either. This is like the week zero. It's got like a couple of big names and then a bunch of these other games, but it's fun. We just got college football back. We got college football back, and it's the best time of the year. New Mexico State is my pick, and I will say they'll cover. Ohio and San Diego State on FS1. Uh, San Diego State is a two-point favorite, and I think they'll win, and they'll cover that spread. Hawaii and Vanderbilt. On the SEC Network, Vanderbilt is 17.5-point favorites against Hawaii. I will go ahead and I will pick Vanderbilt to win, and I think Vanderbilt will cover the spread. I think they're much improved. They beat Kentucky last year Ugh. at Kentucky. Kentucky took their running back, but they will beat Hawaii in this one. San Jose State going to play number six USC. I believe USC will win this game. I don't think they'll cover the 31-point spread. I think it'll be closer than that. USC gets the win, but they don't cover. 
Florida International and Louisiana Tech. I know nothing about either one of them teams. Louisiana Tech wins it and covers the 12-point spread. Moving on to Thursday. There are no spreads out for there's not spreads out for some of these games. Some of these games have spreads, some don't. Elon at Wake Forest. Wake Forest is my pick. Kent State UCF. <laughs> UCF is a 37-point favorite. I believe they win. And if they're a 37-point favorite, Kent State must not be very good at all to be a 37-point dog coming out of the gate. Central Florida wins it. Uh, I'll go ahead and say they'll cover the spread. Rhode Island and Georgia State. I don't know anything about either team. Georgia State will get my pick. St. Francis, Pennsylvania, and Western Michigan. Western Michigan is my pick there. North Carolina State and UConn. North Carolina State's a 15-point favorite. I will go with North Carolina State. And I think they cover. South Dakota, Missouri. Missouri's my pick there, SEC. Arkansas Pine Bluff over Tulsa. I think Tulsa wins. I didn't mean to say Arkansas Pine Bluff over Tulsa. I just meant Arkansas Pine Bluff facing Tulsa. Tulsa will get that win. North Carolina A&T faces UAB. A lot of initials here, but I will go with Alabama-Birmingham to win that one. Southern Utah and Arizona State. Arizona State will get the win over Southern Utah. Nebraska and Minnesota. Minnesota is a a 7.5-point favorite. And I think that they will row the boat and they will win, but they won't cover. They'll win by a touchdown. They'll win by seven. Nebraska covers. Minnesota wins. Florida and Utah. Utah is a seven-point favorite. Last year, Florida beat Utah, and Anthony Richardson became a top draft pick due to this game because nobody else saw the rest of the season, apparently, and they didn't see how horrible he played the very next week against Kentucky. But it obviously got him a top five pick in the NFL draft because of this game right here and this game alone, in my opinion. But my pick this year, I think that Utah beats Florida once again, and they will cover the spread. They will win by 10, uh, is my guess. So that is my week zero slash Thursday night of week one preview. I will preview week one next week. It'll be a heavy UK Ball State preview on here. And, uh, yeah, college football is back, baby. Can't wait for that. Uh, Tune in to watch and see the Reds. Hopefully have a good week this week and get back into that wild card spot. We'll see if they can do it. Then we'll go see the Cincinnati Bengals tonight against the Commanders in their last warm-up before the season starts. It'd be interesting to see that. And another thing, but while I'm on this Commanders thing, the Baltimore Ravens had a 24-game winning streak preseason. Going back to 2015, they were ahead 28-26. The Commanders come down the field, and with no time left, they kick a field goal to win and to end the Baltimore streak at 24 games. What was so funny to me was afterwards the Commanders players celebrating like they had won the Super Bowl. You just beat the Ravens in a preseason game. Let's calm down here a little bit. It's a preseason game. Preseason game. It doesn't matter. Now, I understand the Commanders aren't going to be very good this year, and that may be their Super Bowl. 
But let's calm down. Let's not act like this is a big deal. Monday night football, preseason Monday night football, not regular season Monday night football, preseason, 24-game streak, over. Who cares? It's preseason. Big deal. Who cares, Commanders? Why are you celebrating like that? I'm a Ravens hater. I don't like the Ravens at all. But let's not act like this is a big deal at all. It's preseason. I don't know how many times I could say, I feel like Allen Iverson with practice. It's preseason, guys. Big deal. You beat the Ravens. Cool. Let's not act like we, we've won the division. Even the division. I mean, they're celebrating like this was a big accomplishment. It's preseason. Who cares? Congratulations on your win. Nobody's going to remember this. It's preseason. But yeah, so football is back. We'll see the Bengals and the Commanders. And then week zero, so, so ready to watch some college football. It's the best time of the year. It's getting started. And I can't wait to see how this season unfolds. Once again, I'm yelling from the couch. Thanks for checking it out, the pod. And we'll see you next week. Oh, thank you.